We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hell. Today, bringing you a wrestling show. Usually the show comes out right after the pay-per-view, but it was a late night for the WWE pay-per-view. So we decided to hold off, make sure that we see what the aftermath was on Raw, and then give you guys a full recap of WWE Hell in a Cell on this show. Also, we're going to be talking about the Black Wrestling Podcast Top 50 that dropped this past weekend. Shout out to all our guys over there. Um, it was great being on their show. They do this list every year. It's really dope to see what we think about it, right? Where Who was ranked too high? Who was ranked too low? Who should have been ranked at all? We're going to talk about all of that later on as well. But first, old man, long time no talk. It's been since Sunday since I saw you. And we all went out to brunch. Of course, I had to rock the Brunch God merch for Father's Day. So it was, it was nice to get out in the world and be in the same vicinity. It's nice to kind of be turning the corner on things. We've now hung out twice in the past month. We're hitting our groove. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, right? Like, it doesn't really happen. COVID, I, I didn't see nobody for like over a year. Now it's like I see y'all too much. <laughs> I'm tired of you already. 
<laughs> Listen, the hot takes are just warming up. We've made another bet, which I will not mention on air because my wife listens to the show. So just know, people, that you, the next you're saying that you're going you, to win. You're about to get on the horizon. No, you're about to get fine. interrogated. No, okay. no, it's it's all good. Uh, shout out to Marcus Vandenberg, who uh, came out to brunch with us for Father's Day, reverse Rat Pack. That was dope. Um, him and his wife get, gifted me and my wife a nice bottle of wine. So now I feel like my wife is going to pressure me to get a higher echelon of wine. No more Franzia, no more box wine. I feel like we at least got to get like $25, $30 bottles now. Yeah, man. You, you can't be doing this under 10 bucks. There's a few wines here and there that are okay, but I'm sure you're not drinking them. If they're coming to <laughs> no, box, you got to stop. No, no, no. Usually I get the bottle. It's hard to just fit a whole box in the cart. But usually if I get a bottle, it's like a $4 bottle. Like Stella Rosa is like, one, way too sweet. Two, it's like $9 now. I'm not paying $9 for Stella Rosa. I used to buy Stella Rosa when I was like single, just because I knew like girls love that shit. They, what girls you talk to that love that shit? All of them when I was single. All of them. You haven't been single in decades, so you wouldn't know this. But girls like 2014, 2015 loved Stella Rosa. Yeah, they had like the Stella me. Rosa berry. They had like a mango flavor. Um, the Moscato. All of those were constantly in my fridge just because women liked it but i knew my wife was different especially when she intrigued me when i tried to give her like she was like oh you got stuff to drink and i was like oh there's the stella rosa stuff she was like no nah, is there like a beer or something in there i was like boom that's it it's like you're a grown-ass woman let's have a couple beers and she drinks ipas like she drinks heavier beers than i do so that's even better but uh yeah i ran through i had like a solid year and a half of having to be stocked up on stella rosa and yeah. very fruity kind of wines that I'm sure aren't the greatest either, but that would probably be like the thought wine. Stella Rosa was what Hypnotic and Alizé were to the early 2000s. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Yuck. If a girl came over to my house and was like, yo, I want some Stella Rosa. I'd be like, all right. Uh, the bus comes at... <laughs> Not even an Uber? Hell no. You you get a lift. (laughs) No, you get none of that. You got to go, period. Nah, I mean, listen, it was savage life back then. Like, I wasn't rolling in the dough. So you had to be, like, very specific about what I bought. I used to, like, just go on dates and cook because I didn't have the money to take girls out. So I'd be like, yo, I'll buy some groceries. and like, I'll just cook something. And then that became a colossus waste of time. Because I found out that 90% of women weren't very interesting. So I would have to like cook for them and then sit down to dinner with them and then put something on like TV. It was way too much time spent with people who were just dull. So yeah, being single was just whack. (laughs) Tangent. But being single is horrible. Um, I'm so happy when I met my wife. And then I'm so happy now to be married in a very good marriage. My first one was also whack. So first marriages in single life, whack. Second marriages, incredible. So uh, I went off on a tangent. Oh, Father's Day. Father's Day, we went out to brunch. We're all chilling. This leads me to my question. I mentioned Marcus Vandenberg, and I gave him the, the kind shout out for buying me the wine and his exquisite taste there. We were planning a summer trip 
for all of us the wine country it's going to be great but every now and then on podcasts we have to crush our friends i gotta put them on blast how does a grown man order chocolate chip pancakes at brunch dude what's wrong with chocolate chip? i don't like chocolate chip pancakes. i don't like personally. pancakes personally like I, i'm not a pancake guy well you got a problem already Oh, um, no, come on. Waffles are better. French toast is better. Like, no stop. one needs pancakes. Please stop. Please. No, that's stop. real. Pancakes are like, cra- I'll take a crepe over a pancake. Pancakes are like low on the ladder of breakfast foods. Stop. <laughs> anyway, what's wrong with chocolate chip? What's the problem with chocolate chip pancakes? Is it the pancake or is it chocolate chip? It's chocolate chip. I thought it was for the kids. Like yeah, they brought man. it to the table. I was looking around like, yo, I don't think any of our kids ordered this. He was like, that's mine. I was like, you're a grown ass man. We're at like the house of that. omelets. It's like the, that's not the name of the place, but they have like the best omelets in Vegas was their claim to fame. You got an omelet named after Bobby Flay. Yeah, I did. And got chocolate chip pancakes. But dude, I, when you get, listen, once you reach a certain age and you get past it, because at first you like, I can't order this around people. But you order what you like. If you like chocolate chip pancakes, you get chocolate chip pancakes. I like sprinkles on my ice cream. I'm going to get sprinkles on my ice cream. I don't give a shit. That's I don't fair. care. That's like some New York Mr. Softy shit, though. It like is. That, that carries with you throughout life. It, and I'll never let it go. My wife looks at me crazy every single time. She's like, what kind of grown man has to have sprinkles on their soft serve ice cream? Oh, and yeah, that's Mr. Softy all day. I understand exactly. that. That hits me in my heart. Like you, it's it's. But I've seen people like, you can't be a grown man and have it sprinkled. I was like, watch me. Everywhere, if you got soft serve ice cream, and they'll be like, you want pineapple or caramel? No, I want sprinkles. And they look at me. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I want sprinkles. It was like yes. when, 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 like once upon a time, like, all right, you couldn't wear pink. Then Cam started wearing pink. And everybody was like, pink is dope. <laughs> For me, it was Bret Hart. Bret Hart wore pink, and I was like, yeah, half around days. That's hard. I don't give a shit. So if if man wants to eat some chocolate chip pancakes, let the man live. He can eat some chocolate chip pancakes. I have seen you wear pink a lot, now that I think about it. I wear pink? whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, pink is one of your colors. Pink, I've seen you wear uh, a lot of aqua and teal. Yeah. You got a lot of I aqua want. and teal sneakers. I wear what I want. I eat what I want. If I wanted chocolate chip pancakes, I'm gonna get them. Who gonna? Nah, I, I was I was judging them. I couldn't couldn't let that go. Um, that brought me around to this theory of what's your go to brunch order? Like, um, so you like someone's like, "Yo, we're going to brunch." You've never been there before. What's like the safe bet? Most people always say like, if you go to a random diner, always get the uh, what chicken fried steak or something because you can never mess that up. It's like one of those things. I never follow that rule. But that's like a well-known rule. Like, yo, you can't fuck that up no matter where you go. You're the brunch god. What do you always get? If it depends on the type of brunch I'm at. If I'm at a, if I'm at a, like the average brunch, I'll, I'll get a skillet. Like, I feel like you can't, you usually can't mess up a skillet. Like, potatoes, eggs, and whatever you put in the shit, skillet. I'll go with the skillet every time. Some people make Better skills than others because some places use real potatoes while others use them like French fry oh, type potatoes. Yeah, the frozen bag looking joints. Yeah, don't do that shit with me. Like, like I like real potatoes in my skillet, but that's that's I'll eat a skillet everywhere I go. I'll eat a skillet. Omelets are risky business. Eggs in a lot of places are risky business, especially if you're particular about your eggs. Like my wife's super particular about her eggs. <laughs> I'm not as particular, 
but I don't, if, if you fry my, I mean, if you make my eggs too easy, if I get scrambled eggs and they're too easy or uh, my omelet isn't cooked properly, but I don't want it burnt, I get pissed off. But I feel like, you know, a skillet, you can't fuck up. No, I feel like I get pretty much the same thing. Corned beef hash is my go-to. But I see, you can't eat corned beef hash everywhere. Once you have like a really good corned oh beef hash. Oh my God. Hash House of Go-Go. People shit on Hash House of Go-Go out here. But their corned beef hash with like legit shredded corned beef, it's incredible. Yeah, but see, you can't have everybody's corned beef hash. They don't make it all the same. No, I don't like the the chopped up, like, you know, like super, like out the can style corned beef hash instead. Yeah, see, like, but I, I've been places where I ordered corned beef hash, and I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? Mm. And there's other times like a corned beef hash, like, yo, this is amazing. It's not my go-to. Like, I have to read, like, I've learned through my wife to read, like, Yelp reviews about shit for the things that I want to eat. Oh, and yeah. even though, like, Yelp is very Caucasian in taste, there are a few that I look up and be like, all right, if they say things like seasoned properly or the meat is this, like, it's cooked like this. I'll look at Yelp reviews, but corned beef hash, to me, that's like, I can't eat that everywhere. That's like potato salad for certain people that you can't eat oh. everybody's potato salad. No, you really can't. Like, I'm very particular with the potato salad. I hate potato salad, by the way. What? Hate it. Did I? I yo, I think I had potato salad at your house. My wife loves the last one. I, I fucking hate it. I hate potato salad. What? Yeah. That is criminal. Do you eat the mac salad at Hawaiian spots? Hell no. <laughs> you just got a thing against mayo? Like, I'm trying to now yes. really figure this yes, out. Yes, I do. If it's cold and has mayonnaise on it, nope. What do you put on your sandwich? Not mayonnaise. Mustard? Mustard? Absolutely. Mayonnaise? No. Oh, no, nah, mayo. <sighs> Boy, don't go to sandwich place with me. I put mayo on my Philly cheese when I order it. Uh, Yo, let me get a Philly cheese, extra mayo. Just unless sick, it's like the cream, like the the cheese sauce. You're sick, and I just being. regular mayo. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you're bugging. Potato salad is fire. Damn, you just go to a cookout and just be having meat, no sides. Yeah, well, no. I mean, if you baked beans, you yes, know, bake. just get baked beans. I'll get baked beans. I'll get. Yams or sweet potatoes, depending on what you have. I'll, you know, if you, certain places, certain people will have some dirty rice, something like that. Potato salad? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, that is crazy. Do you ever order lunch at brunch? I, I no. never even flip the menu over to the lunch side. No, because I feel like it's wholly unnecessary. Like the reason I come to brunch for the most part, like, you know what? That's a lie. That uh, honey salt over here, I'll get, they have this amazing, the chicken sandwich I'll get during brunch. I okay. will get that chicken sandwich. With the That's kind of like a there. breakfast chicken sandwich. Oh, no, no. The one with the bun. That's what I had. Yeah, with the right. bun with the coleslaw. Yeah. I'll get that. But for the most part, if I'm going to a brunch spot, I'm going to eat breakfast because the main reason I'm at brunch is for bottomless mimosas. <laughs> you do. Yeah, the mimosas is, is where it's at. That's the yeah. one time I won't discriminate on somebody's champagne. Like they could have Andre champagne, like whatever. It's bottomless. I'm just going to because they'll be like, yo, this bottle. My wife does this to me all the time. You pay $20 for bottomless mimosas. You can get a whole bottle for like $7. I know, but I don't have to pour it myself. So <laughs> like the idea of order, it's like when you go to a bar, like I do that all the time. I'll go to the bar and order something and I, and I have it in my house. And I'm like, man, this should cost almost as much as a bottle. But something about the fucking presentation sometimes where you're just like, I'm out. I'm going to drink. 
cool. I will not discriminate on champagne when I go to brunch. I'll just go, all right, cool. I don't care what you have. As long as it's bubbling and you've got something to put in it, I'm good. And I just caught you in a whole web of hypocrisy, by the way, because on your chicken sandwich, you get coleslaw. Yeah. Coleslaw is just potato salad with cabbage. It's not potato salad with cabbage. Depends on how you make it. Some people make it with too much vinegar. Some people make it a little bit too sweet. I like mine more on the sweeter side. Oh, I like but, a vinegary coleslaw. Yeah, you look like you like some vinegary shit. Like you, yeah, that's the Puerto Rican in me though. Like Puerto Ricans make the coleslaw mad vinegary because it goes with the rice. So it like cuts with the rice. It, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. So it's yeah, like but, to lighten up the the heaviness of the rice and the and the carne or whatever that you get with it. So Puerto yeah. Ricans make it mad vinegary. And, so, and very, uh, heavy on the pepper. Yeah, that sounds about right, too. But yeah. no, man, I'm not doing mm-mm. mayonnaise. Ugh. I'm pretty sure mayo's in that, my man. Like, not I know. to burst your bubble. <laughs> I, can, look, I can eat mayonnaise on certain like certain things, but the combination of cold potatoes and mayonnaise is just disgusting to me. Tuna fish sandwiches? Ugh. Hell no. No. Tuna salad, chicken salad. I don't eat none of that shit. Disgusting. Wow. A chicken salad sandwich is is top three Caucasian meals right there. It is. Yeah. Nope, like, not, not for I, me. I trash greasy casserole. But chicken salad, they got something with that one. That's just fire. Chicken salad, Kraft macaroni and cheese out the box. I don't I know mean, if they got a third. Okay. Kraft macaroni and cheese out the box isn't bad, right? But my wife makes macaroni and cheese, so she refuses for the most part. If I want macaroni and cheese for dinner, she's like, I will cook that shit. You will not disrespect my house by bringing it home from crack. <laughs> no, it's two different things, though. It's two different I know, things. but when she's gone, oh, shit. Give me some craft macaroni and cheese. I'll eat that shit right out the pot. Easy. And they got the, the microwavable joints now, just real quick. Bam. Perfect. Got to salt and pepper it, though. Got to season it. Just don't give yeah. me some bland-ass craft macaroni and cheese. A little salt and pepper go a long way, people. But yeah, I don't even know what the third Caucasian dish is. But those those two chicken salad, boy, they they I maybe do like the the taco layer dip. Caucasian people love taco layer dip. Um, for like parties, it's it's like their rotel dip, and I don't yeah. I don't I don't fuck with everybody's rotel either. Like should. that's that's some real black people shit. But like when you go to people's crib, not everybody makes the rotel the same. And I, I'd be really judging how it's in there. Don't don't make that shit too fancy. And don't make it with turkey. Nobody wants a ground turkey in hotel. But <laughs> no, that's true. That's some whack shit. Like, don't give me no ground turkey. Grown ass people around here. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Just judging everyone's food today. Um, so outside of questionable food choices, it was great to sit down, us three dads all hanging out, kids there. Um, which was probably the first time we've all had our kids in the same place. It was, yep. Um, which was dope, and they're all just in their phones, in their iPads, in their own little worlds, because that's you yep. know kids nowadays. <laughs> so, that's some shit. I, the shit I couldn't do when I was a kid is one I didn't have an iPad or anything like that, and I had to be you know I didn't have nothing to distract me. Like no. these kids, they just in their iPads, they just do their own thing. I was pretty like. Like, they kind of let me do whatever I want growing up because I was the only child, but I don't know. I, I still think I had to, like, focus and pay attention at the dinner table. 
if I was like at the table, if I was like eating in a living room or something, like whatever. But when I was at the table, I don't think like I could have like my Game Boy or anything like that at the table. But, like, yo, yeah. just put that shit away. Or my CD player, my uh, portable disc man. I had that shit on all the time. My grandma would just come off, take my headphones off. Be like, you'll eat. And I'd be like, all right. And then yes. I'd press pause and then eat. So now nah, kids nowadays, whole whole different world there. But looking around the table, looking at the pictures, shout out to everyone who liked the pictures um, and showed love to that. It really stuck with me how important like fathers are and how the dynamics have kind of changed. Um, just even in my friend group, I, I would like to say probably like the whole black community, but I don't want to just lump everybody in. Probably some shitty fathers out there. But the even, <laughs> even the people I know who some may deem as questionable characters or shitty people, they may do um, some very not nice things every now and then. But even they are good fathers. Like people I grew up with, I go back to the block. Like everyone seems to take pride in being a father nowadays. And a lot of people I know are in their kids' lives. Like there's a lot of active fathers, good influences. Um, my kids have, you know, step parents, all this stuff. Like good stepfather who's a father to his own kids. Uh, I try to be a good stepfather in my own right. Like it, it seems like there's definitely kind of a shift in our age brackets of fathers and how important that is. And us sitting down to brunch, I was like, yo, this is dope. Like everyone's here, everyone's fathering it up. And, you know, I'm the old man of the group in that regard. Cause like my kids are 15 and 13 and shit. And you guys have little ones, but I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. Everyone's being like good dads nowadays, especially when we look back, our, both our dads are crazy, but you know, they're around and they're there <laughs> and uh, none but love to them. But like a lot of people I grew up with just don't even know their dads, never had communication, nothing. So I feel like there's a cultural swing with that. See, I don't know if it's cultural because I still know, you know, people who are shitty dads. I had friends in high school who are fucking shitty dads. And really? An, Fuck that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why <laughs> some people I keep my distance from. I have friends when they're not from my friends anymore, but I have people that didn't claim their kids or I have people that you know, just pretty much abandon their kids for the most part. You know, it's like once you have a, a kid, some some people just change, man. So it's like I think it's just more or less the company that you're a part of because not everybody wants to be a dad. Interestingly enough, though, and me and my wife were having this conversation recently. What I found out more is that not that it's in vogue or anything, but there are a lot of women mothers who abandon their ch children as well. Mm. And I, I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy, right? Like. Because, you know, you you would like to think the idea of maternal instinct is that the mother stays with their children. But it's been a lot of people. A lot of mothers are just as bad as men. Like the, the concept of men and women being different is true to a degree. But women are just as shitty as men. <laughs> and it's like there's there's really bad parents out there in general. Um, so. I don't know. Yeah, our situation, I don't want to say it was unique because I don't think it's unique. There are a lot of good dads out there, but it's just the people that you're around just happen to be good fathers. And you being a father that's in your kid's life, you won't hang out with shitty dads. So it kind of limits your scope of shitty dads. <laughs> that's that's probably true. Like if you're a shitty dad, you're probably not going to be a great person. I really don't want to hang out. Yeah, so but... I'm good on that. Like I, I have no interest. You know, like I said, I have friends. And if if 
you aren't in your kid's life. I can't understand it for the life. I can't. It just doesn't make any sense. It's so easy. It takes very little, especially now with technology. There's no excuse. Like you could FaceTime your kids once a week and at least be present. I just, man, some people just, they don't do it at all. It's just, it's not important. And, you know, being a dad is obviously far more than just showing up. It's showing up and being involved. And, you know, it's not just something like, yeah, I just pay my child support. Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. Because, you know, who doesn't give a shit about that child support? The kid. The kids. Yeah, no. That's they don't the care. Part. Like, I, uh, granted, I don't see my child support when it comes out of my check. But still, I know it's there. It's, it's just, you know, your kids just they want to be with their parents, and especially the fact that I know I grew up with a bunch of kids that didn't have their parents in their life. Like, I think only one of my friends had his dad in his life. Mm. I think I, everybody else didn't have they would either stay eh, maybe two. I think everybody else either had to stay with their grandparents or one of them was missing like and usually it was the, the dad. So it was like when I see some of them and it's like, well, how the fuck, how do you become a bad dad when you were critical of your dad for not being around? That's wild to me. And yeah, a lot of them are mad at them. And a lot of them are mad at the women and they take it out on the kids. And that's crazy to me too. Yeah. I, I can see how turmoil between a man and a woman can do some stupid shit. Like uh, I'm not going into that right now, but if you guys care to listen, to the, the struggles and plights of my journey of uh, <laughs> going through my divorce and such, go back and listen to the early episodes of the Corner Podcast. But I, I can see how like those interactions become dicey and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you just got to be like, yo, I'm, I'm not here for you. I'm here for the kids. Exactly. So I, I don't care if you, we meet at McDonald's. Like you, you walk in the front door. They see me, they run over with their book bags. You walk right the hell out. Yeah. I, I know relationships can be contentious, but it's the kid, man. All the kid cares about is their parents. That's it. That's it. And it's like, if you like, oh, fuck that bitch. And yeah, I'm not going to pick up the kid today. Who are you hurting? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, I used to be tight, tight when... Um, when like the kid's mom would be like, nah, because we always live in different places. But I remember it was like once, they, she didn't do a lot, but I remember once she was like, yo, I'm not sending them for Christmas. And we have a clear like legal binding agreement. And she did it. And I was like, okay, you don't do it. And, see what and shit hit the fan. And then nonetheless, they're there for the summer. So, but that, that was like a crazy time where like she really tried to pull that card. I'm like, yo, who are you hurting by doing this? Like, like, granted, you're, you're hurting me from not seeing my kid, but you don't think that you're hurting the kid? Like, that's that's ridiculous. And a lot of women are just like, oh, well, the other phase of this, too, women and men, is they'll get into a new relationship and act real brand new. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, kids don't need you around. My, my man now is a better dad than you, or he got more money. He, he provides more for your kid. Like, yeah, until his ass leaves you. Like, there's no attachment between him and your children. So he's not going to take care of them forever if you act like the crazy person you are and he up and bounces. So you should probably want me, like, you know, the guy around is a father if he's the real father. So, uh, and vice versa. Guys do the same shit. They'll get a new relationship and 
I, I've seen guys just start a whole new family and forget about their kids from a previous relationship. It's horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. And going back to your point, like growing up, I I didn't have one friend with their dad in the household. Like actively, I I didn't have one. Um, I I guess my best friend had his dad in the crib, like him, his dad and mom lived together um, until we were like 12 and then they split and he was with his mom, but he'd come back and spend time with his dad. So maybe we won, but yeah, no, like you said, everyone was raised by their grandparents or their moms would be in the crib, but their moms is, you know, at that point, 25, 26 years old, still trying to figure shit out on their own. They're running around. Yeah. It's whack. Oh, crazy. Thankfully, this year, I only saw one happy Father's Day to a mom. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I know we're doing better, baby. That's how, that's how, I, that's how I score things. I've only saw one mother wish to have you Father's Day. <laughs> that means we're, we're stepping it up, man. Stepping it up. Because, yeah, that, that, does, that grinds my gears to take a line from Peter Griffin. Oh, she's like, I can't, can't do it. Or the moms on IG feel like, oh, Father's Day breakfast for me. I'm like, yo, you just had Mother's Day. <laughs> like, chill out. Just skip it. Like, there's no dad to just skip it. Just act like I don't celebrate Hanukkah before Christmas. Like, I don't feel left out. I get it. Like, you just skip it. Skip the holiday. You don't need both. It's just being greedy. It's ridiculous. So, we're making strides in that department. Um, but it was a good Father's Day. We had fun. We were out. The kids were out. It was really dope. And then that brings us to a weekend of pro wrestling. So, let's hit the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the BRP top 50 that dropped um, a little after we left brunch, their top uh, 10 dropped. And then we'll talk about Hell in a Cell, which happened later on in the weekend. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we are, and we decided to, you know what, devote a whole section just to the Black Wrestling Podcast and their top 50 list. Again, shout out to everyone over there. It was great being on the show. Um, special shout out to my boy Drip. Drip God came through with the, looking like the rock with the black turtleneck in the, in the chain. Like, man, stylish over there, providing all the stats for the show. So, um, nah, if you guys haven't listened to their podcast and the wrestling fans, please go check that out. Black Wrestling Podcast, hilarious every week, super entertaining. Those are our guys over there. But like I said, they put together this list um, every year now, top 50. To me, it's super cool to see them start something and now become so big in the wrestling space with it. People look forward to this, anticipate it. Um, no different than like the PWI and all that stuff. 
it's cool to have this for our community. It took initiative. So even putting it together is greatly appreciated. Shout out to them. But now the pleasantries are over. Y'all boys, but we got to crush your list. So um, going through, I will give the top 10, Dre, and then we'll go through some of the outliers um, throughout the list. 10, Apollo Cruz. Nine, Kofi Kingston. Eight, Rich Swan. Seven, MVP. Six, Montez Ford. Five, Chris Bay. Four, Big E. Three, Bianca Belair. Two, Bobby Lashley. Number one, the boss, Sasha Banks. I don't have a problem with the top five. I don't necessarily have a problem with the top 10. I got a problem with the top 10 either. My, I would maybe move some things around because, and this is just splitting atoms here, but MVP didn't really wrestle last year in this past year. So to have him above Rich Swan, who was the champ, I don't know. Mate, eh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then Kofi being behind that, even though Kofi was in a tag team for most of the year, it looks like he's about to go on another singles run. But yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, MVP being that high. But I guess in turn, if you want to just look at overall impact, MVP has been huge um, as a mouthpiece. I think his impact is undeniable from that aspect. But if we're talking about wrestlers, I, I wouldn't put him above Swan, right? Because the Swan, he, he was a champ. Yeah, he carried himself for a long time. It's funny. Uh, Moose said to take his ass off the list, and they sure didn't put his ass on this list. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's up with Moose. Like, Moose, it's okay. You would have been a top 20, baby. Just let it rock. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, Sasha being number one makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, she just had an incredible year. Uh, you could, if you wanted to, flip Bobby Lashley and Bianca Belair, if you wanted to. I don't think you need to, though, because Lashley running the Hurt Business and, and basically having the U.S. title and then winning the world title pretty much cements his spot. Um, Agreed. I think he's above Bianca there. I mean, Big E at four seems about right. Chris Bay at five, no disagreements for me at all with that. Um, he's probably in line for an even bigger year this year. And then Montez Ford at six. Montez might be a little high. A little high. I, I don't know if he's above Kofi and Swan yet. Like um, the thing, the thing about Tez is that I like to see well. Because he's part of a tag team, and obviously, to, for most people, he carries that tag team. Yeah. Um, even though Dawkins is good in his own right, and he's coming to his own. But the fact remains is that when Montez is on your screen, he's magnetic. You can't take your eyes off him. Um, but it still feels like he's a little high because of two things. One, they, they hadn't been on TV a lot lately. After they, they dropped the tag titles, they kind of disappeared for a few weeks. Yep. And then they came back. And then they were also stuck in that really was that that was last year. That really shitty angle with the Viking Raiders with like turkey meat and the cinematic match. Yeah, that was um, bad. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I would I could say that you could move Montez 
and somebody you can move somebody like him down somebody that could be in the top 10 that wasn't and that i've watched a lot of his work this year is jonathan gresham over ring of honor agreed Uh i think gresham if there's a year to put him in the top 10 this is this is that year yeah he's had a pretty damn just watching him from a technical standpoint i mean he's one of the best there is in the business from that standpoint but Again, it's it's. I'm not going to do too much arguing about that. I think they did a good job with this list. I the only thing I ask those those cats to do, and I'll probably message them. They should put up their criteria, so people know how they're they're ranking these wrestlers. Hmm. I think they go through it on the pod. Do they? Um, yeah. They so when when they do the pod and they they do a follow up, obviously after it's all out. Um, they talk about it. I'm, so that'd be the incentive to listen to the podcast to go along with the list. So, um, but they explain each pick. They kind of explain why this person's right there and list their criteria when they start. Which is weird because MVP fits, doesn't fit in the in-ring category at all. Zero. Like he, he wrestled so, like twice and he's been hurt with his knee for the entire year. Yeah. So if you do that, um, that has to dock in points. Like you can't get to seven unless you're a hundred and everything else. Also, I would absolutely put Gresham over Apollo Cruz. You don't like the the accent, though. Uh, no, I hate it. But on top of that, <laughs> I'm just saying because Cruz, the Nigerian thing is whack, right? And earlier in the like early in the last year, he had the few with the hurt business, and he had the matches with MVP, which are pretty good. Then he just kind of didn't do anything for like the middle of the year. And then he popped back up and he <coughs> turned heel and then he became champ. Yeah, but I can't they, say they have his title reigns listed. So um, 97 days as United States champion, 525 through 830 of 2020. And then IC champion 411, which is mania through current. I can't. It, this is not. This is one of those weird things where it's this Apollo's, I think, is an incredible talent. But I think Gresham has been more impactful from a wrestling standpoint than Apollo. Apollo's just kind of finally like people are finally acknowledging how good he is in the WWE and finally giving him a run. I don't think Gresham, I mean, they held the tag titles and you know, like he's been incredible. So that's the one person I would be like if you put him. And like the top 15, knock them down a few notches, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, me too. Leo Rush is at 11. Too high. Too high for this year. Um, yeah. I actually haven't liked his work that much this year. And then I I think he gave Lee Moriarty probably his one of his worst matches of the year. Yeah, that's another person who's ranked way too low on this list, in my opinion. Oh, insanely low. Lee Moriarty is at 45. Um to be fair, JTG is at 44, and I think he's had one hell of a year. JTG has had a great year. So I would put him even higher on this list as well. Both of them are ranked pretty low. Trey Miguel at 47 is low, um, especially when you consider um, Marty's cool peoples and great, but Marty's at 42. Right. Um, ACH is at 39. I think he had three matches all year. He's um, had a few more, but no, you're right. Caden Carter from NXT is at 41. Like, she tagged a couple of times in NXT this year. 
Ricochet's at 40. Um, Archie's at 37 is a little low. Trisha Dora's at 36. Hobbs at 35. So, yeah, like, Shelton Benjamin at 32, I get it, the Hurt Business. Um, Calvin Tankman at 31, cool, but I don't think he had the year Lee Moriarty did or JTG. So, I can go, yeah, it's high. I mean, shit, Shane Taylor's only at 30. Yeah, Shane's had a strong year. I would argue that Lee Moriarty and um, people listen to this podcast, but who gives a shit? I'm going to say it now. I'm doing a big profile on Lee Moriarty for Orange Crush. Um, I haven't talked to him yet. It's happening soon. But the next issue, if anybody reads Orange Crush, it's a fantastic publication book that I was I did the profile on ACH last year. So I'm doing one on Moriarty. So I was doing some research on him. And I was like, I don't think anybody's stock has risen higher outside of WWE because Bailey had a great year during COVID. Yeah. But I think Moriarty's explosion happened during COVID, which is nuts. Like, he wasn't on people's radars two years ago. No, Moriarty had the year this past year that Bay had the year before. Like, it, it's just crazy. Like, and his matches, for the most part, have been all high quality. Yep. So, and it, he's... I think he should be ranked higher than Leon Ruff. I think actually, like, I think on the list, Leon Ruff is ahead of Myron Reed. I would switch he them. He is. He's 21. Myron Reed is Reed, I would have My, Myron Reed has some really good matches on MLW. Yep. Um, really he's really been out a lot. Yeah. But Not his fault, though. No, he still had, like, because the list goes from last June to this June. Yeah, so he had two titles. So he had his run. Yeah, that, that was really good. So, um, him being at 20, I get, even with half a year. Scorpio Sky at 25. I put Lee over Scorpio. Um, Swole yeah. is at 24. Swole's been missing for a, a big part of the year, yeah. too. She had to deal with her, her Crohn's disease. Yeah, so, so that's that's a little high. Um, Red Velvet's also a little high. Yeah, Red Velvet at 18 is way too... I don't mind Jade Cargo at 16. But Red Velvet... Is a little high for me. Like she didn't have the year my read. Cargill is an interesting case because Cargill is what I saw in Bianca when Bianca first was in the May Young Classic. Endless potential, but hadn't proven anything yet. Right. So when yeah. I see Cargill, I look at her and I'm like, oh yeah, she's a star. Like this is like she's absolutely 100% going to be a star as long as she dedicates herself to her craft and improves. Then I would have her ranked as high as she's right now. I think her being on this list where she's at is based purely off potential because she hasn't had like a great match. She's cut a couple of promos. Her best match was the tag match where her and Red Velvet went crazy in the tag match. Yeah, and Jack took the bump. It was it was a good match, but would I put her higher than? <laughs> I can't call him this Desmond Xavier. No. <laughs> I can't call him Wesley, man. Wesley, baby. Wesley. I I couldn't put Cargill <laughs> or Red Velvet a, a, ahead of Desmond Xavier. I just I can't do it. Yeah. Yes, I, I can't because not only did Desmond Xavier do what he did on NXT, but the Rascals had a good year in impact. Oh, great year in impact before they left. So I can't and 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 for me, I say this all the time, Desmond Xavier is Ricochet with more charisma. Mm, yep. Like, I've watched, I, I watched them work at PWG. And it was when I first learned about Xavier and Ricochet was like the big guy at PWG at the time. I think it was Bola. It's 2018, 17, something like that. And it was the first time I saw 
Xavier really worked somebody with the talent of Ricochet. And I was like, oh, these guys are like carbon copies of each other <laughs> in terms of like athleticism. Unbelievable. But I feel like the ceiling is higher with Xavier because he's a much better promo than Ricochet. Much better promo than Ricochet. Bar also, low. as an aside, as they said, like Money in the Bank having Ricochet in it. Like as soon as they put Ricochet and Morrison, I was like, these guys are going to be the bump gods in this match. I, that I knew, but I popped anyway, baby. I popped anyway. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. But woo, I was like, take that, Dre. It's not over yet. It is over. He's he's bumping. He's It's not even the Shelton Benjamin spot. He's it's, wearing it, jeans, baby. He's wearing jeans. And like boots. He looks ridiculous. But he, he picked up a win. I would I would put Shane Taylor higher. And I, Moriarty, obviously, higher. Calvin Tankman's an interesting one because... If you watch Tankman work, he's fucking good. But you got to see him work. Him and AJ Gray are two people that the masses may not be aware of. Boy, when they work, whoo. Yo, when AJ Gray, I, I love the death matches, all that shit. I've seen like a ton of his death matches now. But when he wants to get busy, when he wants to work, oh, AJ can go. He's a maniac, though. Like oh, legitimately yeah, a mania. Between him, <laughs> he's the best. If, if you watch him and Nick Gage work, right? It's just like, what's wrong with these two? They yeah. kill each other. I saw their match here in Vegas. Yeah, That's I was when watching. Moxley came in. Yeah, I was watching. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. Like, what's wrong with these two? Yeah, they're just bananas. Just all just crazy. Um, yeah, but other than that, the fact that they put together a list that gives you enough talent that you, if you if you just really watch like WWE and AEW. You're like, who, who the fuck are these people? It makes you go look. It makes you go find out who they are. So I'm so happy this list isn't like biased towards a certain company. It's who who are the best in the business right now? Yep. Who are the most impactful? And yeah, we shit on the WWE, but WWE, we shit on because they're stockpiled with ridiculous amounts of talent. And a lot of them are underutilized. But there's no doubt that Sasha Banks is the number one black wrestler in the world over the past year. There's to me, there's no doubt. And lastly, being number two, no problem. Biggie, that's my man. Number four, me and him have already talked about it. We joked about it because he doesn't like accolades. He's just he's very weird about it. But he's like, you know, he was he doesn't think his IC run was like he was like, it was great. It was cool. But, you know, he gives all the praise to Kofi. And I don't know what kind of crack Xavier Woods is on. Yo, I got to hit my man's <laughs> up. Actually, while we're doing this podcast, I'm going to text him because this man has been like killing it these past three weeks, then killing himself. <laughs> it's you know, the spot where he does the rope run into the elbow drop on Lashley. I was like, this one hooker's going like he's I don't know what it is, but he's like, yo, y'all gonna put me on. I'm gonna show out. Him versus Riddle was crazy. Nuts. Like, I was watching the match. And the thing about uh, Woods is, and it, you know, when I told him, I, you know, he, he, all these guys, when you meet them, they introduce you themselves to you. Like, you don't know who they are and shit, right? And I always tell, like, Woods or Austin, or however you want to call them, I like, I've been watching you since Impact when you were Consequences Creed, right? Like, I've been watching <laughs> you for a long time, bro. Like, I've seen you work for a long time. And I know what you can do. And I know that you didn't really get a chance to do it as a solo act in WWE. So when he worked, he worked at Riddle, I'm like, this could be really good if they just let him go. And they let him go. And I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. So I'm texting him right now. I'm just asking, what's gotten into you the past few weeks? What's going on? <laughs> um, no, nah, yeah, I, 
listen, WWE does a lot of shitty things, right? But one thing they have done well the past two months, three months, is I'd probably say past two, it hasn't even been that long, is that they let all three members of the New Day work as single guys. Yeah. Like, you can be a faction and not just have to tag. So well, yeah. they, they've had individual singles feuds. And, yep. like, that's, that's dope. Like, yeah, like, give them singles runs. They get the tag belts once a year anyway. We, we know they're going to get the tag belts again sooner or later. Right? Like, cool. But during the intermediate, I like these solo runs. Yeah, man. I mean, because they all can, like, they're one of the few factions where you feel like, oh, man, they all can, they can all do their thing. A lot yeah. of what people always looked at Woods as the weak link, but the motherfucker can wrestle. We all know Kofi could go. And we've yeah. all looked at Eve for years and we're just like, what if they just put the fucking title on him? Like a main, the main title, not the IC title, the US title. He's always looked like the guy. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he hasn't been, but it's neither here nor there. It's the fact that all three of these guys can work. And they the haven't US broken up. Woods would be dope. Yeah, you'd like to see it. I'd like give to see me a run. Just Not, get it off of Sheamus. Yeah, that's it. Three, three or four months of Woods. Have Woods Sheamus after SummerSlam, and have Woods take it off around Survivor Series Royal Rumble ish, or yeah. the joint before Royal Rumble in December. Like give Woods the belt into Mania. You'd like to see it. You'd like to see it. But overall, like this, going back to the list. I love that these guys do this. And even though there's some things I disagree with and my main thing was Moriarty, the fact that they put their work into it, I'm not going to be critical of it. Cause it's like, I know I do a list and people shit all over it. So it's, yeah. you know, these <laughs> are minor criticisms. It's hard to get a perfect list because there is no perfect list. It's impossible. The, the, there's only bad lists, right? There's never great lists. There's only bad lists. And whenever people put out bad lists, it's because they do something really stupid, like, you know, rap list. They don't put Biggie or Pac or Jay in their top five or some shit yeah. like that. You know, Mount Rushmore's that don't have Outcast and shit like that. But <laughs> I I give these guys credit. They made a good list and they, they put a lot of thought into it. And I'm sure they watched a lot of fucking wrestling. Yeah. Like to get named Savannah Evans, like there's there's good, good names on this list. My only thing, again, there's only 50 spots. So what the hell are you going to do? Right. Um, but in terms of omissions, I would have liked to see Sonny Kiss on the list. Um, yeah, had a little bit of a lot of Sonny working, period. No, but Naomi's 48, I don't think she worked at all until last week. No, she did, she did. She She was gone with Jay. No, she worked, she worked, no, she wrestled at some point. Jimmy, she worked, but either way, she was gone. Either way, like it sucks because Sonny, like Sonny, Sonny wrestled on dark a couple times. Yeah. Um almost every other week. I don't watch it, but Sonny's on dark almost every other week. Too, they too they have time. like 15 matches every time. <laughs> yeah, I look at the list of matches. Like there are times when I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> Excuse me. Shit, I almost choked on this. I, I look at the list and I go, I'm gonna watch this. And then I look at the matches, like, no, I'm not. Oh, 15 matches. No, like, this is mm-mm. I don't got time for that. And um and I know he was gone half the year, but Darius Lockhart, just his promos, what he's done since he's come back. I uh, the revolutionary could have made like number 50. 
Yeah, Lockhart not being on this list. That, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he should have been on this list because if MVP can be on this list because of his promos this high, Lockhart should at least enter the list very low. Yeah, I mean, and I get it again. He had left for a year to get, you know, just personal time, get his mind frame right and back, but he came back and hit the ground running. Yeah. So Mania Week, he was everywhere. So I, I loved it, loved the promos. Um, him and Shane Taylor just had an amazing feud down in Texas. Like their promo work was great. So I, I would have snuck him in on the back end of this list. But outside of that, no, amazing list, top to bottom. Always enjoy it. Um, shout out to them for putting it together. Again, if you guys haven't checked out their podcast, it is hilarious. Check it out. Black Wrestling Podcast. Um, man, it's, it's really good. Let's hit the break because we got to come back. We got to talk WWE main roster. We sprinkled it in a little already, but we'll just go over Hell in the Cell and then some of the stuff that happened on Raw. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's the home stretch. We're talking WWE, Hell in a Cell to finish off today's episode. Going to run down the match card, talk about some of these matches. And it started with the Friday previous to it we didn't get to talk about and Roman Reigns in Hell in a Cell on Fox. Look, look, SmackDown is basically the Roman Reigns show, right? Like yep. that's it's really it. I mean, even though there's there's matches here and there, it, it's dominated by Roman Reigns. We we know it, it is what it is. But I, the reason I was going to watch Hell in a Cell is because I wanted to watch Roman Reigns nerf somebody. And when they said it was Ray, I was like, this is a dumb match. But I like to see him demolish Ray Mysterio. Then they moved to SmackDown, and then I'm like, why the fuck am I watching Hell in a Cell? <laughs> because at this point I just didn't care anymore because like look we'll get into it as a whole I hate themed pay-per-views because they get, give you matches that have no reason to exist in a cell and th- there was a couple of them on this card but Roman and Ray never needed to happen in a cell no it was, no. It was stupid it could have been, been no DQ yeah it could have been street fight yeah. which I'll go when we talk about these matches. A few of these matches, one in particular, should have absolutely been a street fight because there's no re- they didn't use the cell. What's yeah. the point? It's exactly. it, some of this shit is dumb, right? Like it's so dumb. But yeah, Roman and Ray. I mean, we knew Roman's gonna nuke Ray. I just, but the fact that I didn't see Jimmy or Jay or like anybody get involved, I was a little confused about. Like, what are what are we doing here? Yeah, it didn't further the storyline. No, I just was like, I beat the shit out of you. I just got to pass some time. (laughs) Which is fine for the Roman Reigns character. But yeah, I mean, clock's ticking towards SummerSlam. Yeah. So it didn't further the narrative. My biggest gripe is I hate the red cage. 
Like I, I get that it's hell already without it being red. Like yeah. that that shit's just blinding at some points. Give me the original hell in the cell back. I'm just waiting for steely gray. Make it black, like elimination chamber, something. I'm just waiting for SmackDown to have a blue cage. Oh my god. Hell has frozen over. Maybe some nonsense, but that's what I'm waiting just for. The steely blue. Oh no, don't don't speak that into existence. Vince, some Vince doesn't listen to this, obviously. He doesn't even watch NXT. But someone's gonna listen to this and be like, Vince, they want the blue cage. And he's yeah. like, it's time. <laughs> so let's not let's not put that into the universe. Um, we have I guess this was a pre-show match, Natalia with Tamina defeating Mandy Rose with Dana Brooke singles match. Okay. Whatever. That's Did you watch that? Match. No, Did, no. Okay. No, hell no. There was no reason for that match to even happen. No. Like the fact that Apollo E would not on this show, Sheamus being the champion, not on the show, but Natty and Mandy Rose on the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, like it, that's weird to me. And then let's see, we get Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. That was a really good match. Really good match. The ending wouldn't bother me if I didn't know how shitty the other endings would be after this. <laughs> exactly. It was like, like this yo, is fine. Like yeah. if, if this was the only one, I get it. Seth steals it, roll up, went good. Cesaro's there, like, damn, he got one over on me. Cesaro sold that shit to the moon. Like, he was really disappointed. I loved it. Good match. Gave him time. Open it up. 16-minute banger. Just wrestling. And the rest of the night then spoiled me on the result of that match. Well, so here's my gripe with Cesaro versus Rollins. I didn't need 50-50 booking here. I need Cesaro to just go over. Yeah, I understand, though. Like, Rollins is still such a major player that this is where 50-50 booking should be. They just use it too much that well, it's annoying, you know? But, like, this is where you should use it. I don't think so. Like, I think Rollins is one of those guys that he's going to be fine regardless. Cesaro's the one who can't have 50-50 booking because the man was just in a title match. And we know Rollins isn't wrestling Roman. Yeah. So what does this really do but hurt Cesaro at the end of the day? Because he gets beat with like a roll up, right? So it's like I mean that's a good way to lose. <laughs> like it's it, again, it's it it makes me ask the question: What are you doing with Cesaro? Like you gave him his long, 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 long overdue title opportunity. You gave it to him, and he lost, which is okay because nobody expected him to win. But are, are you cooling him down now? Because no matter again, no matter what happens to Seth, he's fine. He's a made man. He could lose three matches in a row. Who cares? Yeah. Cesaro needs it. So I didn't, I don't like 50-50 booking in that instance because I felt like Cesaro needed it more because he has momentum. You can you could run Cesaro hot into an Apollo feud if you wanted to. Oh, and definitely could. And they'd be giving you a banger. But when you 50-50 book a lot of this shit, except for Roman. Roman does no 50-50 booking. No, they treat him like Stone Cold. Yeah, it's a hundred nothing. Like that's that's the booking with Roman. It's it's crazy. Which is great though. I don't mind it. I don't mind a heel champion that somebody has to chase. You just no. gotta have the right baby face to chase him and take that title off. Him. Don't know who it is yet. Lash- um, Lashley's been pinned a couple times lately. 
He yes. went a year without being pinned. And yeah. then now he's like vulnerable, but he hulks up at pay-per-views, which is also okay with me. Yeah, I mean, I like Lashley putting people out. I think it's smart. But yeah, this match, that was a great match. And then we got to the finish and it was a roll-up. And I was like, all right, well, still was a really good match. I didn't think the right guy won, but I'm not going to hurt the match, Bobby. This was a good match. Yep. And then we roll into Alexa Bliss. Did you, you just skipped the opener, didn't you? Oh, shit, I did. My bad. Let's rewind that. Opening Hell in a Cell match. Bianca Belair defeats Bailey in the Hell in a Cell. First off, Bianca's um, outfit, incredible for Hell in a Cell. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Amazing work. Um, So that, that was dope. This did not need a cell. There you go. They this was a street every fight. weapon in a street fight inside of the cell without ever using the cell. Yeah, I think there was like one face rake on the cell. And I think there was one spot where Bailey crushed Bianca in the corner of the cell. Other than that, I'm watching this match. And I'm like, why is there a cell? This doesn't make any sense. It is totally unnecessary for this match to be in a cell unless you're going to use the cell. And they didn't. The match itself was fine. My favorite spot in the whole match wasn't a spot at all. It was Bailey talking to Michael Cole, hearing Michael Cole's commentary, and then turning to Cole and was like, they know, they watch me. And I was like, Bailey is really fucking good at this. <laughs> I didn't like when Bailey turned heel. And I was vocal about it on the podcast, the, the soccer mom haircut. She has taken this role and has run with it. Bailey and, was Karen before Karen. Yeah, yeah. But she's, she's you know, like she's figured out a, a heel move set. Her heel antics, she's she antagonizes people. It's hard to believe to some degree that this was the Bailey that had like little blow up things and you know all the, the colors and shit. It's so hard different. to believe that was the same. She's totally yeah. different. Yeah. I, but I love it though. I think Bailey, you know, without you know, Sasha and Bailey, uh, they kind of fucked up that match, still, in my opinion, bringing back Sasha too early. Nevertheless, these two were like the most important women in pro wrestling for the past year. Yeah, I mean, outside Charlotte, of but. No, no, no. People don't like Charlotte how Charlotte's pushed. Charlotte doesn't count. I will not include Charlotte. <laughs> Listen, it's horse women over everybody. Yes, it is, but I will not and then, include Charlotte. Now it's Bianca and Asuka peppered into there, though. Yep. Um, they're heating Asuka back up, by the way. Eh, they're not. Which I don't get. Is that they're heating her up to bank? lose. They're heating her up to lose. That's what they're doing. She's not winning money in the bank. Oh, she's not winning it back to back. Mm-mm. They're heating her up to lose. That's all. Hmm. Well, she's in the match. So then, um, yeah, that match was okay. 20 minutes. It was cool. It wasn't the Sasha Helen Cells we've seen before. It wasn't the Charlotte ones. But Bailey, I, I think it's an, continuing a good streak for Bianca. She came yeah. in. They heated her up at the right time. Her match with Sasha was the springboard. Going into the feud with Bailey is a great way to carry it on. She's not having snoozers. She's not like when they put Oscar and let Oscar win the belt and then put her against like Carmella the first time. And it was like womp, 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 and cooled her down over the whole summer. So and that shit was horrible. Now's the real test for Bianca. She's had Sasha. She's had Bailey. Who the fuck is left? <sighs> She's not ready to carry someone. <laughs> so, um, she's she's not she's not there. You have to see if Sasha will come back for SummerSlam, 
and just try, you know, just give her a try again. And then um, maybe you can do like a, a dumb stipulation. Like, yo, I want my title shot and not, you know, if I don't win the belt against you at SummerSlam, I'll leave SmackDown. And then you use that as a catalyst to just send Sasha to Raw. But, uh, but do you see what the problem is here? There's nobody for her. For Bianca? There's- Yes, there's legitimate. Well, the shakeup no- comes like the day after SummerSlam. So you can move Charlotte over. You can move Asuka over. You can just keep it rolling. Just saying. Like, if they don't go the Sasha route, who do you see wrestle at SummerSlam? It's too early for her to lose. Of course, it's too early for her to lose. My opinion. Well, that's, you never know what they think. Um, but Becky coming back. Is always an option, but it's face versus face. I don't know if you want to go that route. No, you don't. And you Becky's don't. not losing her first feud. No, Becky needs to, get, you know. But they got a they got a problem. They got a problem with like no. building women talent. Charlotte, no, they don't got a problem. They got plenty yes, they of do. people. They just got to rotate stuff around to get Build, fresh matchups. I, I just said building. They have the talent building because right now there is no clear path for any other woman on SmackDown to face Bianca. Because who's left? Name them. No. no, they just had three. That was it. The whole division was built around three. Yeah, but who? I'm serious. Who else is there? There isn't. I, I don't know any other women on SmackDown. There we go. Because the tag champions float. They were both SmackDown talents. But now I've seen them more on Raw than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, And honestly, I don't think they're the tag champions anymore. They're not. They so the the champions. Yeah, they just got stuck on Raw yeah. out of nowhere. Um yeah, no, they don't they don't have anyone. Like you got to find a way to roll it with Bailey again or Sasha with that stipulation and send the loser over to Raw so that you can get like an Oscar, Charlotte. Um maybe Charlotte stays over there, but maybe you get Oscar, pull her over. That's a new feud right there. Um you can pull Alexa Bliss over. No, thanks. Let's keep going. If you want. <laughs> no, nope, but I mean, that's a woman getting TV time. Nope. Like, let's, let's just talk about Alexa Bliss. That's the next match. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax and Reginald in the corner. This was, here, I'll, I'll make it quick. This was fucking horrible. <laughs> it was a down point in the pay-per-view. No, it wasn't. It wasn't down. You, they reduced Shayna Baszler to a nothing talent. And and Alexa Bliss getting in so much offense, and then the the hypnosis thing, this this match was terrible, terrible. Because Shayna Shayna is the one person I was gonna say that's who Bianca could feud with. That'd be a good feud. She still but, hasn't really really beat her in like a high profile match. But, but she's been cooled down so ridiculously with Alexa Bliss. There's nothing hot about Shayna Baszler anymore. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax should break up, go to SmackDown, and they can both have feuds with Bianca Belair. But what they've done with Alexa Bliss is like she just she nuked Shayna Baszler. There's I don't even care anymore. Yeah, this match was fucking bad. Real bad. It'd be two good feuds if they were to you know break those because Nia's always an easy feud. You kind of got to carry her, but that's cool. And Shayna, you don't got to carry, and that's a good heel feud if you can work up and get to that. And then Asuka, you move those three over, those are fresh feuds on SmackDown without dropping the title. Yeah. So, yeah, this 
the Alexa Bliss, because Shayna and Nia losing the tag titles, they were still fine. Like, you could have just played their breakup angle. And you would have been straight. Having Alexa in this and having Alexa go over, I, I don't get it. There's, there's other women on the roster that can easily eat these pins and get mesmerized. Yes. And last thing, and then we can move on from this match. If there was ever a time to do your goofy cinematic magic shit, it was this match because it's your last match in the Thunderdome. And now you're going to be in front of live crowds. Live crowds ain't going for none of this shit. I don't think they're going to like Alexa at all. Which, I mean, it's shitty. I, I don't know. I think they just got lost in the sauce, to be honest. Like the Fiend thing and blah, blah, blah. And then Bray took his time off and they just didn't know what the hell to do. And then they just went deeper and deeper and deeper and they're lost in the sauce now. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think live crowds are going to go for it. Then we have Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. This was a really good fucking match. Good match. <laughs> and I think the right person won. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with the finish. Um, they played off of, you know, him getting the Nigerian spike. Is that what Colonel Z's move is? Nigerian I guess spike? so. I don't like it because it's Umaga's move, but whatever. And they played that up so Sammy could get the finish because Owens was clearly compromised. Now Owens says he's going to take some time off, which is good because, you know, in a way, I kind of need Kevin Owens to come back as a heel. Okay. Yeah. Um, But Kevin Owens is so good at whatever he does. I don't care. Yep. When he comes yeah. back, he'll he'll be fine. You can put him anywhere. Um, Him versus Lashley would be an amazing feud if for some reason he moved over to Raw. Yeah. So Owens is is great. Then Sammy, though, how great would this Sammy Zane be with the briefcase? He'd be uh, insufferable. <laughs> It'd be amazing. The only thing, amazing. the only problem, the only problem with this version of Sammy Zane is he's a little too cowardly to carry the briefcase and win. Oh, I think he's cowardly enough to carry the briefcase and steal a win. But like he he get in there for the first time. Roman Reigns is like vulnerable at all, and it's close. And he'd go in there and just take advantage of. There's no fair ones. He would find that perfect time and walk off with it. Yeah, It'd be yeah, great. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, last thing about Alexa and Shane before we move on. Who is the babyface? I guess Alexa's a baby face now. She's just a magical baby face. I don't know. But it's stupid because we run into this problem in the next match as well. And we'll talk about this on, but on Monday, Alexa teamed with Nikki Cross, which I hated it. But Nikki, I guess it's a Nikki Cross idea. She wanted the character. She pitched it. So listen, I don't want them to cut her. I'll get behind it just because it's her idea, not one of their dumbass ideas. But Nikki and Alexa teamed and you can't be a heel superhero super bubbly so I'm assuming Alexa is a baby face now none of it makes sense all right let's continue then we have Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley who's the heel in this match and who's the baby face yo it's heel versus heel straight up now I would have said Rhea was the baby face but after the DQ the purposely getting DQ to keep the title um, after a pretty good match like, the match was cool, and then, yeah, just automatically getting DQ and no finish, and it's just like, for what? Just have her beat Charlotte. They can't do it. Now, here's here's the problem. Here's Charlotte and Reigns are just next-level protected. I don't think Charlotte has lost in two years. In a singles match? I can't recall it. I and I don't think she's up. taking the pin in those multi-person matches. 
Yeah. So, so here's the issue. This, this is the reason why I asked both these questions. You're about to go in front of live crowds. What you need to do is clearly define if you care who you're healing, who your baby face is. Otherwise, the fans are going to do it for you. And I don't know with this Charlotte and Rhea thing, this hurts Rhea more than anything else because I can't figure out what she's doing. Like her as a, like all the cool aspects of Rhea as a heel in NXT and NXT UK have been pretty much taken away. And when you do heel shit to Charlotte, it usually goes over with the fans. Ask no, Becky I, Lynch. I agree. It's, I'm over Rhea. Like that's, it's just what it is. Like, I can't even defend it. I'm just over her being champion. I mean, I'm over her being, I'm over both of them. Even though this was a good match, I was just like, yeah, this is a dumb, like, I like the pull apart the week before, but in the match was good. But it's like, I don't want to see either of them as champion, but Charlotte inching towards a baby face against the heel doesn't do it. If you're going to make Charlotte a champion again, which I feel like is almost inevitable, she needs to be a clear cut heel, period. She's not. She's never been good as a babyface. I guess Oscar pinned Charlotte on April nineteenth. Oh yeah, she did get a redemption match, but whatever. Either way, you you just got to clearly define roles, man. And and they're just not doing it right before they get back in front of live crowds. And they really have no idea how these crowds are going to react because Roman's going to come out and they're going to cheer if they do a if they do a garden show. It's a wrap. There there's no way they're going to boom. You do it in Philly, Chicago, New York. Fans don't give a shit. Like he's the heel, but he's fun to watch. <laughs> How crazy would that be? That this is what it takes to get Roman cheered in Philly, and it's the only time you don't want him to be cheered. Hey, that's what they did with Austin. Austin was a heel, but when you're so good at being a heel, those cities—Philly, Chicago, and New York—don't play by the rules. They play by their own set of rules when they yep. cheer. They don't get told what to do. But all that to say is like. I like the Charlotte Rhea match. I hated the finish. I felt coward like an easy way out. Like, come on, just let Rhea pin Charlotte. Let's get it over with. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So this is stretching to SummerSlam, which probably means Charlotte's winning. Or maybe it only goes to Money in the Bank. Uh, maybe. But we'll see. either way, Charlotte's going to stand tall by the end of this. And Rhea, we'll see what happens to her. Maybe they send her to SmackDown and her and Bianca feud. I don't know. And maybe that's why she went heel. Bianca's a baby face. Maybe she's the one that goes over. Lord knows how that plays out. And then we have the last match, Bobby Lashley versus Drew Mack. Last chance, Hell in a Cell match. 25 minutes. This was a banger. It was. Two big men bumping meat. I mean, dude, you they've had a lot of matches. And I'd like to say I'm exhausted of it to a degree I kind of am. And I'm glad this was the blow off. But it's not like they go in the work in the ring and not put in work. Like these guys, these two motherfuckers work. Yeah. No, that was a good match. Again, like the quick roll-up style pit, like hated it. I get it, but I saw Seth and Cesaro do this. Like, you can't keep everybody strong with the same thing. Yeah, this this was whack for that. I know you want to keep Drew hot, right? Like you don't Somewhere. want to cool him off. Yeah. But it's okay if he loses this match. It's okay. Like let him establish go on a run last of losing. Yeah, no, you don't even, he doesn't even have to go on a run of losing. He can't he, maybe he just can't beat Bobby Lashley. Okay. That's yeah. it. And that's okay because 
as good as Drew is, yeah, he can beat a lot of people on the roster. But in true WWE fashion, once a guy is out of the title picture, they are out of the title picture completely. So beat him. Let him work his way back up. To Eventually, somebody else will get the title. Eventually, another heel will get the title, and then Drew can be back in that scene. Yep. But until then, let Lashley just go over him. Rolos with two giants are totally unnecessary. No sense. No sense at all. So, um, yeah, Dan liked the end of that match. C minus. C minus. I'm fine with that. At that point, I just have Drew being the fucking Lashley's lock or whatever, and just the hurt lock and pass out and not tap. I mean, either that or, you know, there's other shenanigans that you can pull to get a pin. Roll ups again, roll ups with two big dudes, just it looks stupid. Yep. It just looks stupid. But so they, they put in work, man. Yeah, good match right there. So that's what we have. Um, couple money in the bank qualifiers on Raw, but I will kind of want to see how SmackDown plays out and see what the full bracket looks like. So you know what? We'll save that for our next wrestling show next week so we could talk about the women's side, the men's side, and have a really good idea of who's going into money in the bank as the eight participants in the match, both men and women's. So we'll table that. We'll save that. So that brings us to an end on this show. We want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast, underscore on Twitter at corner club for life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to the network blue wire. Shout out to all the sponsors. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. Conrad, the whole gang is over there. Great interviews this week during Pride Month. Just amazing wrestlers came through telling us their stories. So check that out. Till next time, though, stay safe. Stay Rona free. Yes, still stay Rona free. And make sure that you guys gear up for a big summer in combat sports. We'll be back with our boxing and MMA show later in the week. Till then, we're out. Peace. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.